Welcome to your best riding life. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, you'll receive tips and strategies from experts in the riding and publishing industry to help boost your best riding life. Let's get started. Good to have you here. Today's guest is walking us through the arena of self-care for riders. Specifically, we're focusing on rest for creatives. Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith is a physician, author, and speaker who shares biblical truths to help heal the body, mind, and spirit. She has been featured on Daystar, Psychiatry Today, Focus on the Family, and many other media outlets. Her newest book is Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity. Dr. Sandra, it is an honor to have you here on Your Best Writing Life. Hi, Linda. It's great to join you. All right. So first thing first, this is something that I've really enjoyed doing on each episode is I really like finding out just a little tidbit about our guests and maybe what their readers and their audiences are not privy to. Those of you that are first time listeners, welcome, welcome. This is a fun moment of discovery and I call it the inside life of a writer. Dr. Sondra, would you take a moment? I had asked you to share something with me that was kind of fun or unique about you. And I'd like you to take a moment and share what your answer was with me. Yes. Well, the thing that I find that most people are not aware of or surprised to hear when they they learn it is that I minored in dance in college. So I was pre-med with a jazz dance minor. (laughs) I love that. I'm trying to visualize how that would work. That was my backup plan. You have to have a backup plan. <laughs> you must have a backup plan. When I when I read this in the email that you sent me, what I received from that was, oh my goodness. It's because I'm into personalities anyway. I said, that would fit her perfectly. <laughs> because Dr. Sandra is, she's going to be about the business. She's going to be about what what we need to do and helping and healing and all of this. But there is that fun aspect of her that is creative in and of itself. And dance is so creative. Dance is so personal. It's an outward showing of all that stuff going on inside. So that would have been a fabulous career for you as well. But, but I'm thinking probably now with the, the medical, you're doing pretty good. I think I made the right choice. I still love dance. I still love dance. And honestly, you know, I, I look at it as, you know, at the time when I was choosing that as a, as a minor, it never dawned on me that, you know, really that was kind of a, a way that I praise and worship. I never thought about it like that, but I'm, the, I'm that kind of praise and worship person at church. I'm the one that's like bouncing off the walls and singing at the top of her lungs. I mean, that's just part of how I, I feel my freedom in Christ. So yeah, it wasn't surprising kind of as, as my personality t- kind of matured. But at the time, it was a very strange combination. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but again, I love the combination. I think, it's, I think it's beautiful. So let's go straight to our content today. And thank you for sharing that. I, I love just that little personal aspect that we can get from our writers and our industry leaders. So thank you for allowing us that moment. Today, we're going to be looking at Rest for Creatives. There are types of rest, and I know that in your book, 
and I'm going to make sure that I that I say this correctly, in your book, Sacred Rest, which I love, you talk about all these areas of rest. And this is this is a must read that I have for so many people that are struggling today, struggling with anxiety, struggling with just even the issues of, you know, the, the COVID-19 season of life. And so what I'd like for you to share with us, if you would, what types of rest do creatives need the most? And tell us what the different categories of rest are. You start with yeah. whichever one you want. Yes. Well, start with just kind of sharing all seven of them and then kind of fine tune it for creatives because the seven are the physical, mental, and spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, and creative. And so I think automatically most creatives are thinking, yeah, I need creative rest. So, <laughs> but there's so much more than that, particularly for writers who, you know, that has its own things that go along with it. So just to describe a little bit about each one, the physical type of rest, it has two different components. So you have the passive, which we're all familiar with, the sleeping and the napping. And then the part that that is something that really creatives have to be mindful of is the active part of physical rest. Because, you know, if you're sitting at a desk for, let's say, four or five hours trying to grind out that 10,000 words or whatever that you're trying to do for that day, then you may find that you're having a lot of neck tension that um, many of us, when we're doing deep thinking, we have a tendency to clench our facial muscles and kind of grind out on our teeth when we're processing and all of that can leave the body feeling stressed. So it's important to be aware of kind of how your body's feeling while you're doing your creative work and to make some adjustments if necessary. That could mean stopping for a moment and, and practicing what we call flow break cycles, where you may spend 90 minutes to two hours kind of flowing in your writing and then have purposeful breaks where you stop and do some of these other types of rest, including some stretching or going outside for a, for a walk and those things to kind of help loosen the body back up so it doesn't stay in a toxic state. Then there's mental rest. Mental rest has to do with getting your mind to quiet down and to get to that place where you're not jumping from thought to thought. A lot of creatives have a difficulty with this because they have a tendency to unintentionally brainstorm. So they're not trying to brainstorm their next book or think deep thoughts, but it just happens. It's kind of how some of us are hotwired. Our mind seems to always be in evaluation mode and observation mode. And when that occurs, you have to really start training the brain almost like you would a child if it has a tendency to jump from thought to thought, to bring it under obedience and to really get it to be able to focus again to a single thought. And so meditation is very helpful with that. Some people can do it with a scripture. Some people actually have to even go more basic than that and meditate on just a single word to get the brain to fine tune itself down to a solitary thought and not always be jumping from one thing to the next. Uh, next is spiritual rest. Spiritual rest has to do with really relationship more than religion. So it's not necessarily about reading the Bible or doing devotions all of which are good things to do and necessary. However, I, there's quite a few of us that we get busy with the work of what we do for God, and we don't spend a lot of time just in intimacy and relationship with Him. And that's just what spiritual rest looks like. It's taking that opportunity to just build a relationship, to just be in communion with him, to have time in his presence without an agenda, without asking what your next book title should be or which publisher should you pick or, you know, all those deep things we're always asking about just with him and just letting him speak into you 
to speak back into your life without your own agenda and your own kind of checklist of what you're trying to accomplish. Okay, well, Dr. Sandra, you got me actually on the physical rest because I am one of those people. I find that when I started writing and finding myself more in the, in the chair, right? And mm-hmm. my physical body would really kind of cramp up. I would share with other authors and friends, I go, I have to get up. I've got to go run. I've got to go work outside. I've got to go because I've got to rest my body. I've got, and they're like, that's not rest. And I was like, (laughs) but it is for me. I I have to stretch it out. I've got to have that or else I just get all stoved up and it makes it impossible for me to have clarity and everything else. So I really like that you touched on that. And I appreciate too, in the spiritual rest that you brought that straight into intimacy, that intimacy with God, not the religion. You're touching right into the relational aspect of Mm -hmm. how we commune with God. Beautiful. And of course, the mental rest is, goodness sakes, girl, don't we all need that? I will tell you, I have just been like, my phrase of late has been, okay, well, my head hurts now. And my, I don't have a headache. It's just with everything that's going on, all of this shoom, 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 shoom that's in front of me, all of my options, all of my choices, all of my everything. I find that there are days that I even go to bed and that's yeah. still going on. And I have to get up and get rid of it before I can go and get on with my sleep. So I appreciate that. So we have the physical rest, the mental rest, the spiritual rest. Where do we go from here? Well, before I move on to emotional, I want to just kind of touch on something you said that I think is so important because you mentioned about with your physical rest, you know, you would go outside and go for a run or whatever. And, you know, that's the thing. People, when they hear the word rest, I think oftentimes they're automatically thinking of the cessation of activity. They're lumping it over into sleep. And really rest is about restoration. It's what are the restorative activities that you do that get your body, your mind, your spirit, all of these different areas back to a healthy place. And so that's not always about stopping. Sometimes it's about moving and producing something different than what you've been doing to pour back into yourself. So I love that you brought that out. Well, thank you. Now, (laughs) with the emotional rest part of it, emotional rest is the rest we experience when we're able to truthfully just speak our minds, to say how we're feeling, to just let ourselves kind of be unmasked and not have to pretty up our our emotions and our feelings to be able to have them digestible to other people. I think many of us spend a lot of time um, trying to be, I don't want to say politically correct, but that's the word that's coming to mind. Like we're trying to make it so that we're not, we want to make sure we don't offend anyone and we want to make sure that it doesn't come off the wrong way. So we hold a lot of things in. And we never feel like there's someone that we can just just honestly share how we're feeling, um, particularly when you're in any type of leadership or if you're in any type of ministry, then sometimes there's this feeling that, well, it's not OK for me to say that I'm depressed or it's not OK for me to say that I'm anxious. And that's how you're feeling. I mean, that's the truth of what you're feeling. And so that that need to kind of keep it under wraps and hidden from other people kind of produces this sense that something's not OK with me, that I can't be real. And then that produces a lot of emotional toxicity because there's this feeling that no one really knows the real me. So does anyone really love and accept me for who I am? 
And I think it's important that we all have at least someone in our lives that we are able to just be really transparent with. Next is social rest. Social rest is about the energy that we experience in the presence of life-giving people. So many of us spend time pouring out with others, whether that's in your writing, if you're an artist in your art, if you are someone who's a musician within your music, you know, everybody's pouring out. We pour out with our families. We pour out with our kids. So most of the people in the relationships that we are in are such that we are giving and others are receiving. But there has to be people in your life where they are giving back to you and they are pouring back into you. And that's what social rest looks like. It's the rest that we experience when we are around life-giving people, people who don't need anything from us. They don't want anything from us. They're not going to ask you for something at the end of the conversation. They're just there to love on you and to pour into your life. Yes, agenda-free people. (laughs) Yes, agenda free. I love that. (laughs) The last two are um, uh, sensory rest has to do with really just getting aware that there's a lot of sensory input that we experience on a day to day basis, whether that's your computer that you're maybe using to get your words recorded or the lights in the setting in the room that you're using. Um, That can include things like background music that you play or the TV maybe that's playing in the background when no one's watching it. There's so many sensory inputs. And then when you add on top of that social media and our cell phones, you just have to be aware that there's a level of agitation that happens within the body from all of this sensory input and that it can negatively affect your how you feel overall. And so if you find that you're being more anxious, more nervous, that you're having these symptoms of worrying more than normal, and you also find that you're spending a lot more time consuming media and social media, maybe a good idea to kind of downgrade some of the sensory input so that you're not staying so wound up from all of that extra noise. Um, And really, it's getting back to the appreciation of silence and kind of having some time where you're just with the lights off, just kind of in the darkness and just letting your your senses kind of get a break from all of that. This, the sensory rest, is huge for me. Several years ago, I went to a working monastery in Oceanside, California, Mm -hmm. And we were there for a few days. It was a group of us from Christian Leaders Author Speakers Seminars. We were there for a time of spiritual formation, spiritual discovery. And we were asked by the gentleman that was leading it. He said, I want you to take the next three hours and just be by yourself. Don't talk to anyone. You're not listening to anything. And in that moment, I didn't know what to do with that. I had like a fear that came over Mm -hmm. me. And I discovered that first 30 minutes terrified me because I was trying to make sure I wasn't around anyone. I was was so anxious. By the time I got to two and a half hours, I didn't want to be around anybody. (laughs) I came to a place of calm and peace that I had never experienced before. I was like, I'm overloaded. My my sensory is overloaded. So I can completely relate to this. And I'm like, you know, still making notes today. So this is this is great. Thank you for giving me that moment. What is the, yeah. the seventh, seventh category? 
Well, the seventh is creative. And you know what? You um, Regarding that sensory, what you mentioned that while when it first happened, you actually had some anxiety that seemed to kind of pop up. That's extremely common because many of us are addicted almost to our devices and to the noise. Um, it's such a part of what we do in the life we live that, you know, when I tell people to turn off their phones or to put their cell phones or down, you know, for like a couple of hours throughout the day or to have a Sabbath just from their device, because many people, when you say the word Sabbath, they're like, well, I can't take a, you know, a whole day off. I have right. stuff to do. It's like, well, can you take a device Sabbath? Can you put no social media? Mm. You're not going to have a self, you know, if you're home with your family and it's not like anyone needs to reach you necessarily, you're going to put your cell phone down for that day and you're going to have a Sabbath from all of the extra sensory input. People have like withdrawal almost when you first tell them to do that yes, because they're so used to having it attached to them. So, you know, that's perfectly normal, actually. Okay, well, it's good to know that I'm normal, though, in myself, because I'm I'm the person who loves to have control. And for me in that, it was, I was so lacking control that I was like, oh, my word, this, I, I won't, I won't survive this. But I did. And yeah. for my betterment, even today. And it's a, you have to practice it. And I think that's yes. something to, to be aware of, you know, with any of these types of rest. It's it's a trial and error because what works for one person doesn't work for another. You know, that's why in the book I give like multiple different ways to get each type of rest because, you know, it, it's not like a one size fit all kind of thing. And so it's important to try something. If it you know doesn't feel right, then try something else. But I think all of us need to just be aware of them. And, you know, as you mentioned, that seventh type of rest is creative rest. And creative rest has to do with the rest we experience when we allow ourselves to experience beauty, to just kind of let beauty awaken the awe and wonder of who God is and and how he as a creator has created so much in the world. Some people experience this when they are around like bodies of water or around the ocean or the lakes. Some people experience it just from going outside and walking out, you know, walking out in their yard. Others experience it when they're listening to music or they're at the uh, museum looking at beautiful art. But it's the appreciation of beauty, whether it's natural or man-made beauty, and just really kind of get letting that create something inside of you and awaken something inside of you. It's where inspiration comes from. It helps us to kind of um, brainstorm and have those new and fresh ideas. And it's a huge part of what it means to be a creative. You have to be able to constantly have old that you can bring in and see something new come from it. You know, as a writer, there is there's really no topic that hasn't been written about. The thing is, what is the portion God's given you to write about it? And that requires some time in his presence, that spiritual rest, as well as some time of allowing the creator to create and awaken what your portion is on inside of you. And so, you know, sometimes it requires you to kind of be away. I've never shared this with anyone, but uh, on any podcast ever. But sacred rest initially originated with me. I was outside with my son and we were playing and this bee was buzzing around. And I was like, oh, I've never, I hadn't seen a, like a real bee, like, you know, like yellow and black. Yeah, I don't see bees. It's like, how strange is this? There's a bee outside. And so we were, I was kind of just watching this bee and, and it was the strangest thing because as I was watching this bee and it was during a time when I'd already kind of had come to my own understanding of what rest was, but had no intentions of ever writing about rest. 
I was looking at that bee and I was like, God, that bee is a miracle in itself. You know, I know all the dy- the aerodynamics of a bee, how its body that shouldn't be able to fly. You know? All of that geeky, you know, biology stuff. Since that was a class that I love. So I'm sitting here and I'm just marveling over at this bee. And then what I felt like Holy Spirit said to me was the greatest thing about that bee is that that bee doesn't know how to rest. And you're going to become just like it if you don't know how to rest. And I sit here looking at this as like, become just like it. It's like that bee is 100% dependent on me keeping it afloat. 100% dependent on me keeping it afloat because it has learned that it cannot make itself fly. Mm. And I'm like, what? Mm. (laughs) What's going on? What? It's like that bee, when you think about the word bee, you're constantly thinking of a worker bee. And it's like, okay, the bee is working, but the bee is 100% at rest for its body to be able to stay in the air. And I thought, wow, what a deep thought. (laughs) What a deep thought. God says, you will know me by my creation. And is this not the perfect example? Because it is not technically able to actually stay in flight. He's like, you're watching a miracle. And the miracle is what happens when you rest well. And that that was when it was like, ah, oh, I get it. <laughs> it's like, I get it. Rest is not, you know, we have so many ways we think about rest and, you know, rest is the miracle. It's like all, a lot of the things that we are asking God to do and we want God to awaken in us and we want the best next book idea and the next best title and we're grinding and I'm going to stay up all hours of the night and grind out this book. And you feel everything in you is telling you to go to bed. Everything in you is telling you, just calm down. Just trust me. Well, I've got this. I didn't, you know, I didn't call you to write to stress you out. (laughs) Everything in you is telling you to rest. But the war in our head tells us if you rest, it won't get done. If you rest, it won't happen. If you stop, then it won't get completed. And, And it's really just getting back to that place of trusting him at that level, trusting him for the miracle of what can happen if we stop to rest. Mm. So these seven areas, I can see how they're relatable to every single person and how they can find something in each of those areas that they're like, you know what, I need to spend more time here, or I need to do this, or I need to do this. So when we're looking at our writers, and we know that they are very busy, and mm-hmm. you know we all seem to be very busy today, could you share with us some simple ways maybe of how we can accomplish some of these types of rest in the, in the middle of a busy day, you know, deadlines, everything else that's happening. And we have family. Could you take a moment and and share that with us? Well, the first thing would be to stop multitasking. Um, I don't think people realize how much um, brain drain occurs when we try to multitask. So, you know, you're trying to, you have, you know, 3000 words you're trying to write each day to get your book written. And you sit down, you know, Monday through Friday, you sit down and you're going to get those 3000 words and it's hard to come. So you're going to check your emails for five minutes, you know, just to let your brain catch up or something that doesn't happen. It just keeps you divided and it keeps you from being able to actually go into that that deeper level of kind of concentration needed to be able to get to a place where you're able to start flowing with that. And I think we need to realize rather than doing that, you would be better served to just spend some time either doing spiritual rest, just time in his presence, or creative rest, or just mental rest, just trying to get your headspace to quiet, to quiet down so that there's not this jumble of thoughts 
and all of this information, but it's not coming together in such a way that you can then pin it. So practicing some of those other types of rest would help to improve that. Another simple thing to do if you are writing and you start feeling like your neck muscles start tensing up, the tendency for most people is just to kind of grind it out, just to kind of keep pushing from that uncomfortable situation. Right. And that is not going to produce your best writing. It's going to produce writing that's under stress and strain. And so take a moment, just stop for five minutes, get up. Do the shoulder rolls, the neck rolls, you know, jumping jacks, whatever you got to do to get the circulation moving again and the muscles relax before sitting back down and then pushing through. Same with eye strain. Very common with, with writers, particularly if you're one who has a tendency to not have like a static writing time. You kind of write as you have time, which is many of us. So it could be in the morning. It could be in the evening. It, you know, whenever you kind of have a break that you're going to write to make sure that you're adjusting your computer screen based on what the light looks like for the day. So if it's evening time that you don't have your screen like super bright so that you're, you know, you're kind of getting assaulted by this extra white light coming from your screen. And after working for like a few hours, take a moment just to close your eyes. You don't have to take a nap. You don't have to go to sleep, but just take a moment to close your eyes for a few minutes and just let your facial muscles relax. That just the practice of closing your eyes and taking a a quick sensory break from looking at the screen is a great way to just start kind of refreshing yourself. And it doesn't require a lot of time and it doesn't require you to do anything. You can actually stay seated at your desk if you wanted to, just to kind of let your, just to let your, your senses to get that bit of a break. This is good. When you're saying the creative rest, one of the things that I started doing is I started taking photographs of nature. I started several years back using my iPhone, but I like getting at odd angles. I just like seeing God's creation and I do it with the flowers and and it's become for me just this beautiful time of peace for me to be able to have that moment. Then my husband and I, when we would get up, we get up early and we'll walk down to the front gate and unlock the gate and welcome the day. And if there are new blossoms out somewhere, he'll say, oh, come over here, take a, take a picture of this one. So he knows that's part of what I love to do because I'm recognizing so much in God in that. And with the closing of the eyes, the simplest of things, Dr. Sandra, if people would heed just that, imagine how many less wrinkle lines we would have on our face. (laughs) Because we're concentrating, lower the light and lower your lids. I think that that's a a very good way of of putting that is saying, no, okay, have you lowered the light on your your computer and lowered your lids for a little while? You got to do it. Oh, and another one for writers, you know, a lot of writers complain of like swelling in their legs and feet and varicose or spider veins. Sure. Um, Depending on how how, um, tall you are, you may benefit just at your writing desk to have like a little footstool. I'm short. And so most of the desks to get my, you know, spine and all of my eye levels at the right place and my wrist at the right place to type, I'm like propped up. And so, and my chair is like pushing up under um, like my legs. I'm almost like dangling, you know, off the edge of the chair. And so putting a a footstool and they actually have really cool ones that are like cushion, you know, (laughs) very nice made specifically for that repositions your spine takes the pressure off from under your legs so that you're not having the veins under your legs being pushed on and then getting, you know, uh, 
not looking so hot after a while of doing that. <laughs> and it actually helps improve your lymphatics and circulation. People, are you listening? These, these are simple fixes. They're simple fixes. And especially if we are walking out our calling as riders, we know that we're going to be setting. We know that we're, our posture is going to be a certain way. We know that we're going to have different times of day that we have to write. If we can set ourselves up to successfully rest in these seven areas, it will make all the difference in our creative writing, in our relationships at home, in making deadlines. I could see this working beautifully, just so, you know, congruently with every aspect of our life. This is what everyone needs to be paying attention to right now. Absolutely. I think at this point, most of us, uh, we fully understand what it feels like to be fatigued and exhausted. And we've learned how to work out of that exhausted state. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what type of books we create when we actually create from our place of fullness, when we create from that well-rested place God intended us to work from. Absolutely. Well, I know we have a beautiful share for everybody. And if you have not taken the rest quiz yet, you must go to restquiz, R-E-S-T-Q-U-I-Z dot com. It will be in the show notes and the contact information for Dr. Sandra will be in the show notes. Information on her book will be there. Everything will be there but go and take the rest quiz and see how it evaluates you. Now, this is not a quiz that's going to take you two minutes. Dr. Sandra really wants you to understand and get the full experience of what is happening in your life. So you're asked quite a few questions. I'm going to encourage you, encourage you. Take the time, stick with it, answer it, and the results that you're going to see are going to make a difference in your life. I actually took the quiz myself, and Dr. Sandra, I sent you the the scores. What do they make you think? Do I want to know what they make you? <laughs> do I really want to know this? Wait, why don't you tell me off, and then I'll decide if I want to bring it back on during this well, time. There's no pass fail, so that's the good part. You can't fail the assessments. So okay, good. good, 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 good. But some of it's not surprising. I mean, one of your higher scores was in since well. The highest score was an emotional rest. And I think that's common for most leaders because you're always kind of on, you know, yeah. uh, I'm, that's always usually on. my highest score. I'm always on. And that, so when you're always on, you, you sometimes, it's sometimes hard to have those people in your life that you can just kind of truly have kind of that very authentic and, um, you know, I don't feel like I have to pretty things up for you. Yeah. No and makeup so people. Yeah. So there's only a two people in my life that I truly feel that with. And I always, you know, those two people, I only get to spend time with them a couple of times a month um, because of our where we all live. But when I don't get time with them, I can tell it because I'm not the same person I'm the um, same and way. I don't feel the level of rest. And then your other two that were fairly high um, were sensory and physical, which goes right along with most writers. You're, um, you're, with your gadgets. You know, most of our work is all done at a desk or sitting somewhere, you know, um, with a gadget, with an electronic in front of us. So not surprising. And it's just a matter of just as you already have mentioned, and you already are aware that there are times when you're staying in that position for too long, that you just need a break. You need to take a break, get up, 
go, go for a run, go for a walk, do something to get the body moving again, change how your senses are interacting with the gadgets, you know, whether that's turning down the intensity of the light or closing your eyes or honestly just getting away from them. I always like for people to sometimes think of having a, um, a break from their electronics just periodically. So if you're writing, let's say you're on deadline, is there a four hour part of the day that you can say, I'm not going to do anything electronic? Yeah, that's something that I've chosen. I've uh, technology free time. Mm-hmm. And those closest who need to know, which would be my husband, he knows I'm, I'm not even answering my phone. I've got to be able to pull back. If I don't, I just, I'm my worst enemy. I'll just yeah. keep going, check off that box, keep pushing through. But I realize that I'm in a body that needs recuperation time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, everything you've said, it's right there with me. So thank you. Thank you. You had very good scores. So (laughs) overall, they were very good. Um, You'd be surprised at some of the scores that I get, you know, people with scores that are double the numbers that that you have. Honestly, some of them are just at a desperate place. There's a lot of severely exhausted people who are not aware of how how their exhaustion is affecting them. And, you know, hopefully the writing community that's that's listening will start thinking of ways that they can start improving their own rest. Dr. Sandra, all of our listeners can find you everywhere. And folks, I encourage you, go out to the website. And what's the best website for our writers to find you on? It would be uh, my main website at ichoosemybestlife.com. Ichoosemybestlife.com. There's going to be more information there than, than you even knew you needed to have. Dr. Sandra, thank you so much for being a part of our program today. It has been a joy. Can't wait to have you back on. Thank you, Linda. It's always a blessing. So there you go. You're having 30 some odd minutes of uninterrupted rest talk. (laughs) I hope you'll take the rest of your day and make the best of it by taking the rest quiz at restquiz.com. You're important, you're valuable, you're precious, and rest is a huge part of who we are. It's what we need. This is Linda Goldfarb. I can't wait to be here with you next time on Your Best Writing Life. See you then.